so the world is asking the question, I want to know what love is. Hey, listen, if they'll come in here, we'll help them. Right? All right. Now, the world is asking the questions. And, and so we've been talking about love, right? And um, we've been talking. It's a very, folks, I'm hoping that you're enjoying this because this is a very, very important subject. Jesus said they would, they would know us by our love. One of the things that got me years ago was the, the more I studied love, one day it dawned on me that the world calls love what the Greek word calls phileo. It means a friendship love. But the world hasn't got agape love. They don't have it at all. And so because of that, there's a lot of confusion over this word. As a matter of fact, Jesus coined the phrase, God is agape. Up until that time, there was no Greek word for love. The Greek words for love are storge, phileo, and eros. We say, I love peanut butter and I love Lisa. That does not mean I love peanut butter more than Lisa or less than Lisa. It's just that we have, we have used a word, use it uh, to, you know, I, I love, I love fishing. I love hunting. I love Jesus. But see, that's, we're using different words, but we're, but in English we're using one word, but in the Greek, there's, there's a different set of words. There's, there's eros, which is sex. Then there's storge, which is affection. There's phileo, which is brotherly love. And there's agape, which is the God kind of love. And because of that, there's been a lot of confusion with people because people say, well, I love you. Well, what do you phileo me or do you agape me? And so you have to start learning what does the Bible actually mean when it says God is love and that we're to love agape one another, even as he loved. So can we do it? Yes, we can. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by God the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, if you're not born again, you're incapable of love. You're incapable of agape love. You are capable of phileo love, but phileo love will bankrupt. It will fail. Agape will not fail. So in the book of Ephesians, I want you to, I'm going to read something here. And if you don't get anything out of this message, please listen to what I'm about to say. Because I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to get an appreciation for this word. Now here's why. Do you want to live in victory? Then this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But then the Bible says, faith worketh by love. Often, it's not your faith that you're having a problem with. It's your love walk. When your faith is failing, you can go back and fix your love walk and get your faith back where it needs to be. And so because of that, we're going over love in detail. I'm going over words every week. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm going to read, and I want you to pay attention, and I want you to take what I'm going to say right now to heart. I want you to think about this more than this morning. Is that fair? Okay, now listen, I'm going to read in the book of Ephesians, starting with verse 17. This I say, therefore, 
and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Don't look, act, and walk, and talk, and act like the world. Having their understanding darkened, that's their mind, their understanding is their mind, will, and emotions. Being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them of the blindness of their heart. Not their head, but their heart is not right. Who being past feelings have given themselves to lewdness to work all uncleanliness and greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Look at verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now look at what it says here. You're going to have to take the old man off. Listen to what I'm going to say. If you don't, you're not going to change. I'm going to stop. You're going to breathe. If you do not on purpose choose to take the old way that you lived off and put a new way on, you will never change. The vast majority of Christians in America are carnal. They're not fully matured. You can't, without a bumper sticker, you would not know they're saved. Now, that's not good. Why is that? Because the pastors in churches have refused to challenge the people to grow in God. Some churches, every Sunday, it's come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. There's more in your Bible than come to Jesus. There is actually a growing up, a maturing. So what I need you to do with me is I'm going to go over every word in love is patient, love is kind, love is. You've got to study it. You've got to think about it or you're not going to do it. If you don't do it, your faith's not going to work. Your life is not going to work. You're going to come in disillusioned and look and say, someone pray for me. All oh, things are not going good, Billy Bob, and we need help. Listen, you do need help. But, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not anti-help the guy on the side of the road, but they really do need a job. Now, I know I've been to restaurants around town. Porky's is hiring. Lay the cup down, go to work. In other words, the church has turned into a welfare system to get someone to do my praying for me because my life is not working. Folks, there's only so much you can do by handing someone money. They need to do something with their own life, and you need to do something with your life. You need to take the old man off, the old way of doing things, and you need to put on a new way to do things. Now, until you decide... You're going to walk in love. You won't. I'm going to say that one more time. I want y'all to get this. If you have never decided the word, we went over the word love is patient. The word patient means to be steadfast and unmovable. The reason that you don't have sex 
in marriage until after you've made your vows is because one week after you make your vow, you will have come to the conclusion you just married the wrong person. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Then you'll be looking for a way out. I'm doing real good. But now love stays put. Love goes, you know what? I made the decision. I'm, I said I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Marriage is not about your spouse. It's about you. I made a vow to Lisa, and I've kept mine. And all I need to do next week is keep mine. I told her I would love you till death do us part, and I'm going to keep my vow. I didn't say if you keep yours, I keep mine. I said I keep mine. When God looked at you, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you him to keep that vow? Yes, you do. So God is good because God is good. So you need to be good, not based on what the other person is or is not doing. Boy, I'm preaching better than y'all, amen. And, but anyway, so love, if marriage is based on agape love, it's not going to the divorce court unless the other person walks. Thank you for your, I've seen people who put up with a lot of junk and they, because they love their spouse. I didn't say they liked them. I said they loved them. They're allowing God in their heart to deal with them. And that's what that one word means. Love is patient. Are you patient? Are you planning on sticking and staying no matter what? Then you need to learn a little stick, a little sticky, get a little sticky on you. Okay. So love is patient. Love is kind. Now we're going to go over another scripture today and it's kind of a weird word. If you don't mind, it's, it, it's not one of those jump the aisles, run the pews. Uh, it's not even a scripture or a sermon I personally would ever preach on on a Sunday morning. Manners. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Are y'all ready? Love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Now, why is, this is funny to me. Why did God put a scripture in the Bible that is the most important subject in the Bible, agape love? And right in the center of it, he said, love has manners. Why would he say something so weird because the average young person, I'm not picking on y'all, has never learned manners, but you guys are going to learn them. I was very proud of them yesterday. They were very, they behaved themselves very well. But young people as a general rule today are not learning manners, simple manners. And I'm going to show you that may be the biggest key to your victory. Love is not rude. Love is mannerly. Love understands protocol. All right, let's go. 2 Timothy 3.3. 3. Let's talk about manners here for a minute. 
It means to be polite. It means to be a lady. It means to be a gentleman. How many of you girls want to marry a gentleman? Come on, all of y'all do, right? How many of y'all would like a lady? Amen. Okay. Now, let me tell you something, and we're even going to get into a little bit of that a little later on about how to find a lady, how to find a gentleman, what constitutes it. Now, it says right here, it's, um, well, let, let, me, second, let me read it out of the Bible, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 3. Bear with me just a second. I want to read verse 1. But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. We're there. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, disobedient to parents, disobedient to parents, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control. How important is self-control? Oh, it's very, it's very important. Um, we have in our presence today, and I, I hate to say this, every time this poor man comes, I use him as an illustration, but we have a police officer here. I love police officers, but I got to tell y'all something. I am not so holy that I drive the speed limit because I'm a holy man. I'm going to tell you I have a certain amount of reverence for the bubble car. The reason I have reverence for the bubble car is because he has a package of share revenue coupons that he has with him, and he hands them to people who are out, out of control. The reason that I know this is there are places in Apopka that I have had the joy of speaking to a police officer while on duty. And he shared a share revenue coupon with me, which is about the half of a good Glock. If you wouldn't want to buy things, you really don't want to give it to the government. And so because of this wonderful system called share revenue couponing, it causes me to drive without such of a lead foot. And the only time I ever slow down is when I'm coming over a hill because they have these guys sitting there watching you coming over the hill. And I got to tell you, I love the people who flash their lights. I love light flashing. When you're coming down the road and someone bloop, bloop, you go, woo, and everyone slows down because nobody wants to talk to the bubble man today. They just don't want to talk to him. So I'm, and I'm picking on you. No, no. But it is true that without, without, without judgment, folks, we, got, we need to come in here one Sunday and really talk about this word judgment. It's not the booger word. It's not the bad word that we thought it was. Judgment is love. I, I thank God we have police because I've, I've driven in India and I have driven in Mexico and you don't want to drive there. there two lane road means eight. Traffic lights mean nothing. And so, you know, it's, it's crazy 
when there is no controls, when there is no system, it's insanity. I was going to do something today just for fun and I didn't think about it. But what would you do if, you, if I gave you a glass of a pitcher of water, but I didn't give you a glass and I just poured it out? You, you need the water you're going to drink to be in a controlled environment called a glass so you can enjoy it. Self-control is extremely important. Now, now, that means that there are things God said, don't, listen, you do it, is you want to do it. I, I, I want y'all to do something. Get rid of your excuses. If you want to really be a good person, stop lying. And what I mean by that is that I'm sorry I'm late. No, you're not. You were late yesterday, and you were late the day before, and you were late the day. If you were sorry that you're late, you would buy an alarm clock, and you would understand that, yes, it's 30 minutes from here to Altamont, but it takes you five minutes to get in the car, and it takes you five minutes to get out of the car, and you should get there 10 minutes early. I've just added 20 minutes to you. That's why you're late. It's why you lie. It's also why you have, you're always out of control because you've never purposed to fix your problem. Come on, y'all. This, there's a reason stuff doesn't work. And we're going to get into, you know, uh, we're going to get into making money in a minute. But I'm going to tell y'all something right now. Rich people don't act like poor people. They don't. They don't act the same. You know, we, there was a movie years ago, and some of you young people won't, won't know what I'm talking about, called Green Acres. It's when Zsa Zsa Gabor or Eva Gabor marries a farmer. Folks, listen to me. New York elites don't marry Alabama rednecks. But there's a reason that they don't. Birds of a feather flock together. If you want a high-paying job, you're going to need to be a high-class person. They're not, they're not hiring stupid people. Wow, it's awfully quiet in this. Y'all getting this? You understanding this? Don't run around and say someone's after you. No one's after you. They watch you. I love to watch boys and girls date. It doesn't take most young men and most young women to understand that that person they're talking to is not a match. A three, a girl who's an eight ain't marrying a three. Now, y'all may think y'all all that, but that girl has got a list, and she's checking off stuff. She's going, I, 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 ain't, man, I ain't putting up with that. I ain't going to put up with that. I ain't going to put up with that. 
And about the five minutes into this talk, she's already made up her mind. You a three, baby. I ain't talking to you. And they didn't reject you. They just don't like you. Y'all got this? I mean, I'm trying to help them out. I am really trying to help them out. And the same thing's true. Lisa dated this guy one time, and he looked at her and said, do you think you're going to marry Kenneth Copeland? And she said, yes. And it's not her fault that he didn't know where his Bible was. If you, want to, if you want to marry a woman of God, you've got to be a man of God. Now, we're talking about self-control. This is not a little tiny subject, guys. This is massive. You never learn to control yourself. They have, you know what, they, they have an institution for people who can't control themselves. It's called a state penitentiary. If you can't control yourself, we can control you. You're not getting back out on the street until you learn to control you. You keep thinking that that store down there and that cash register has got your paycheck in it. It does not. And if you try one more time, we're going to put you away for a lot longer. And then you may think this is bad, but God has a state pen too. It's called hell. You can't control yourself. He'll lock you up forever. You think, you think control is important? It's very important. <laughs> Galatians 5.23, pop it on the screen. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-what? Self-control. Against such there is no law. You have to decide now, I am going to control myself. You've got to control your mouth. You don't, you don't need to say everything you're thinking. Zip it. You can get yourself in a lot of trouble. I know a young man who used to go to this church who told a cop one day, I'm thinking about killing myself. They put him in the back and took him off. You don't watch what you say to people. Because they're going, well, I don't have any choice now. You have just given me no choice. I can't turn you loose on the street after you just said I'm going to kill myself. Well, you, you know you ain't going to kill yourself over that girl. But that cop has to haul you off. But he has to put you away until mama come get you and says you should not be saying those things. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. I'll tell you right now. Okay. All right. There's a word that we need to learn. It's called protocol. Oh, uh, can I have permission to get deeper here? I'm coming over here. While you're on the planet and after you die, there will be people over you and under you forever. Now, that's just you're going to get used to it. If you work at Walmart, there's people over you and under you. If you own Walmart, there's people over you and under you. The people who come in that door, they're your customers. They're your boss. 
you'll always have a boss. The more, the fact, you know, if you're a young person, your parents actually are over you. If you're in the house and you're eating food, they can tell you what to do. And if you don't like it, you can leave. And me the key, it was nice having you around. And nobody owes you a cell phone. Parents, am I doing all right? Okay, I'm trying to go a little bit. All right. There is a protocol. And while you're on the planet, you need to understand there is a right way and a wrong way to talk to people and act around certain people. That means there's bosses, there's parents. And so rude it means mannerly or to have proper protocol. So we're going to go over this. You have to ask a question, when there's a meeting or something going on, were you invited? You know that if you aren't invited in the throne room, you're not going. If Jesus hadn't died and invited you, you wouldn't be allowed in there. There's proper protocol. But there's a scripture on how to get in the throne room. Does anybody know what it is? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. How do you get in the throne? Thankful. No thankful, no prayer answered. You start learning that there is a right way and a wrong way to enter a room and to be invited. When you're invited someplace, what seat do you take? The lowest. Do not assume you're the big dog. Sit in the lowest seat. Let someone invite you up. And listen, if they don't invite you up, you haven't paid the price to get there. Don't blame the world. Well, there are people at your work that are getting promotions and you're not. Don't cry about it. Go find out why they got a promotion. Go find out why other people are getting promoted and you're not. Find out why other people. Now, I'm going to say something, and you just think about this a minute. Kenneth Copeland has a circle of friends, and you're not in it. <laughs> I'm not either. But, but as long as you and I have come to grips that there are greater and lesser people on the planet, and we've got to learn how to conduct ourselves when we're in their presence. So I'm going to give you some. If you're walking through Home Depot and you see Alex Clattenburg, leave him alone. That's not a counseling session. I just got real quiet in here. I said, Alex, why don't, what about Pastor Daryl? I might be getting a flapper for a flooding toilet. <laughs> it's a, and I, I say this because I have to use me because I'm just going to train you. And when you leave here, you're going to be trained. But I don't want a big brotherly hug 
in Home Depot and a 30-minute conversation on how God blessed you. I, I, I went to Home Depot for a flapper. <laughs> I might as well train you right. I might as well just teach you right from wrong. Because, you know, uh, you don't realize that, I, well, I, I told this in the first service. I, when there are, because of my walk with God, I have had people invite me to sit at tables with big dog preachers, okay? That's like Jesse and Kenneth Copeland. I've been invited in the room where they're eating. And anyway, I happened to have a friend with me one day. And they walked up and said, Pastor Darrell, would you like to come to the back? And I said, I would love to. Thank you very much. And so when all of the dignitaries, the big dogs got up, then I turned to my friend and said, come on. And then he saw Jesse walk by. And he said, I'm going to go say hi to Jesse. And I said, no, you're not. And he said, why not? He said, there he is right there. I want to see Jesse. And I got him in a headlock. And I said, you're not going to go talk to Jesse right now. He said, but I want to sit I feel like I'm fighting a dog. <laughs> and I drug him out and I went, that's why they don't want you back here. Right. And they let you come with me because they knew I'd put you in a headlock. <laughs> are y'all okay? I don't know where, these are men, they're people. There's 5,000 people in that crusade who want to talk to that guy. That's why they have to turn him loose out the back door, guys, because Benny Hinn has been in places in this nation where he went to the store, and people have ripped his clothes off of his body. And you have to have security guards with guns so the man can go to Walmart and buy some toilet paper. You understand why this scripture's in the middle of love is patient, love is kind? Because it's amazing when you sit back and watch the things that people do. And um, I mean, they act like they don't have any sense, but there's protocol. You've got to learn the way people conduct themselves. There are people in the town, which were the mayor and city councilmen, and I learned this, and I'm going to tell it to y'all. When you get in a conversation with someone over you, the, the, the time limit you're allowed to speak with them is five minutes. It's not 30. Walk in, say your peace, and leave. They are standing there being gracious to you when you walk up and say, hello, my name is Daryl Morgan. I've seen you on TV. It's good to meet you. God bless you. I love your program. The clock is ticking. You don't have all day to talk to this guy. Say what you're going to say, and then excuses. Say, thank you for the time that I had with you. There's other people here I'd like to talk to you. God bless you. And you turn around and you walk away. If you need time, call them on the phone and say, may I have time? Are you all out there? We're, we're, we're just talking about man, manners. It's amazing to me how many children have manners when their parents have. 
So I'm going to tell you another story. Are you all okay with all this? And I know this is not your typical Sunday morning. We ran aisles and we jumped pews. God moved mightily. No, this is not a sermon. So years ago, my sister Nancy, she says, God spoke to her and says, I want you to homeschool the kids. I want you to get them out of public school. I want you to. Now, Daniel was uh, diagnosed ADHD. Now, I'm going to tell you what ADHD is. It's sugar cereal and a lack of spanking. Feed them right, whip them good, and they'll get over it. It's amazing how with the rise of catalogs, the rise of the diseases have gone up. Okay. You you do anything you want to. I'm already over people not liking me, so I'm good. So the school told him he needed Ritalin. He needed Ritalin, all right. So Nancy decided to riddle him a little bit. Now, listen, and and what I'm about to say is very, 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 very important. Daniel is going to enter adulthood one day and enter life. And she's to school him. What is the most important thing in a child's life? Self-discipline. Now, 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 that's a powerful statement because you can be an A student and undisciplined, and I'm going to tell you, you aren't going anywhere. So Nancy is going to homeschool Daniel. So she said, first day of school is I'm taking you to the mall. Daniel does not mind. Daniel always runs away. So Nancy set him up for failure. She already knows he's going to scoot. She said, today's lesson is you're going to go to the mall, and mommy says, you're going to walk beside me. They get to the mall. Nancy looks at Daniel, takes her hand off his hand, and says, Daniel, walk with me. Boom, he's gone. At 30 minutes later, when she found him underneath the dresses, Somewhere in the store, she got him by the hand. She took him home. She tore it up. She turned him over her little knee, and he remembered it well. Well, until the next day. She said, why didn't she start classes? She is. So she takes him back to the mall. She says, Daniel, today's lesson is that mommy is going to walk through the mall and you're going to walk beside me. She turns loose of him and what did he do? Boom, he takes off like ricochet rabbit. And so our Tigger, they went through this for three days in a row. Turn him loose, take him home, whip his tail. He's in school. Fourth day, Thursday, get to the mall, Daniel. We're going to the mall. Mommy's going to the mall. You're going with mommy. You're going to walk beside me. Turned him loose. Daniel walked beside her. All right. Now, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to finish the story. Daniel is a very, very smart boy. And he's also disciplined. He was working in some place in D.C. Nancy and Mark live up in the, in the Washington, D.C. area. 
and he was uh, working at a like a outdoor store, a hiking store. But he happened to be in a Starbucks or a coffee shop, sitting next to a senator, and the senator is having fits with his with his computer. And so Daniel looks and says, uh, "Do you need some help?" And the man looks at him and says, "Well, yes." He says, "He says I don't even remember my password." And he says, "It don't matter." Whatever you're looking for, I can find it in your computer. I can find it anywhere. And so he hacks his computer. And he hands him his stuff back, and he says, son, where do you work? He said, ah, down the street. He, he got a job that day in the State Department. Wow. He still works in the State Department. Now, here's the thing. You have to have an education, a college education to work there. Did you know that? So they're allowing him to take one class a week at night. He'll be 90 before he graduates. <laughs> but you know what he does? He fixes computers all over the world from his desk. Wow. You think maybe Nancy raised him right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Priority one. Come on, y'all, tell me. It's self-control. I mean, the, the prison system's full of people who just don't follow rules. That's all it is. It's not rocket science, folks. It's not your intelligence. It's nothing more than the fact that there are rules, do's and don'ts. And if you learned to mind, you wouldn't be in trouble and you would go in places in life. All right, now let's talk about three. Let's go back over this three and four thing. God has places he wants to take you in life. But sometimes he's got to take you to the mall. And you don't understand that what you're going through with him right now is nothing more than can you do what I said? That's all you're praying, these big prayers. God, I want to raise. God, you have things for me. God, there's more in life than this. And he's looking at you saying, I just want you to keep your word and do the little thing I told you to do. I just want you to walk with me. And I say walk, I want you to walk with me. If I say pray, I want you to pray. If I say sing, I want you to sing. If I say give, I want you to give. I'm totally dependent on your ability to control yourself before I can take you anywhere I need to take you. Now, y'all understand, that might not, you, you might think, well, this is, this is not rocket science. No, it's not. It's actually simple. Right in the middle of love, he talks about get yourself a set of manners. Now, I'm going to tell you something else right now. There's, there's a, it, because Lisa and I have friends well off financially, I've had to learn how to hang around rich people with lots of money. They don't act like everybody else. So one day, and, and, and one of those would be Mary Fran. Mary Fran is pulling out of the hotel. Jim's driving the car. 
and they have a flat tire. Well, I happen to have pulled behind them because I watch everything they do while they're here. I don't just let them go. So I pulled in behind Mary Fran. I said, you have a flat tire. I was fixing to get out and change it. And she said, no, you don't. Rich people don't change their tires. Triple A changes their tires. And she said, just sit here and wait with us. Now, that means you sit and wait. And I found out rich people don't park their own cars. The rich people have people that bring them coffee. They don't get them and go in the kitchen and get it. Okay. <laughs> Are y'all okay? Breathe. In life, you've got to start learning protocol. How do you get from where you are to the next level? It's going to be a discipline issue. You're going to learn to think and act. So, you know the Cinderella movie? Cinderella is a country hick who wants to marry the prince. And I'm going to tell y'all, it don't happen. I'm so sorry I destroyed your movie. That's why it's called a fairy tale. It's a tale, y'all. It don't happen in real life, guys. You need to understand something. If it, there, it, oh, I'm, I'm trying my best. Love is more than just being sweet. Love is learning how to carry yourself in life. How do you talk? How do you talk to this person? So let's talk about how to talk for a minute. One thing, if you're dealing with people, especially those over you, don't you ever tell them anything. Always ask. Did God, Adam and Eve are in the garden, definitely ate the apple. So God comes along and goes, where's the apple on this tree? And where are you guys? In the bushes? I can't believe it. You, you two numb nuts, get out here. You ate this apple. I told you not to eat the apple. You've screwed everything up. Get out of them bushes over here. Is that what he did? It is not what he did. What did he do? He asked him a question. Adam, where are you? I'm over here in the bushes with Eve. Adam, say question. Question. Did you eat of that tree? Eve, what's God doing? When you're talking to people, don't assume you know what happened. You've got to have enough respect to let people talk. How are you doing? I noticed that uh, you got here late. Is everything okay? Don't jump on people. Boy, it's quiet in this Baptist church. If you just learn how to carry yourself and talk to people, It'll take you a long ways. You'd stop a lot of fights if you'd quit telling your spouse what they did. You don't know what they did or why they did what they did. Ask them what they did. Let them tell you. At least have enough respect to control your mouth. 
Control yourself. Control yourself. You don't have to jump up and fly off the handle every time something doesn't go your way. I noticed you weren't here last week. Is everything okay in your family? Are you fine? Were you feeling good? Are you all right? Well, pastor, I went to the beach. Oh, really? Come on. You know, listen, if they did wrong, let them, let them talk. People already know when they screw up. Hey, they didn't, they didn't. Adam already knew that he was wrong before God got there. God didn't need to say anything. Where are you? Uh, we're over here. Did you eat? Well, yeah. Do you think God was walking around the garden going, he was here somewhere? You know, when you walk in the kitchen, there's cookie, cookies on the counter and your kid has them on the face. It's quite obvious they're eating out of the cookie jar. So you say, are you eating cookies? It's a question. Then let me ask you another question since you aren't eating cookies. Who is? Well, then why is there crumbs on the counter? What are you doing? Are y'all okay? Come on, y'all. There's something about, all right, let me say it another way. Everyone likes being around nice people. And this is what makes church church. Because you're nice and people like you. And you're not a loud mouth. Know it all. <laughs> Hard to get along with. Okay, I got to tell you another story. We're almost out of time. I got to tell you. Y'all ready? I got, I got more stories. Come on, Melanie, tell me you want to hear a story. There's a lady that used to come to this church for a short while. And she has three daughters. And she lived at that time before she moved here in Alabama. And the church invited her and her daughters to a tea party. And so they were all excited. We're going to go to a tea party. And little girls love tea parties. I don't know why, but they do. So they put on their little frilly dresses and off they go to a restaurant. But this lady noticed that when she got there, all of the other girls were sitting politely at the table like ladies, except her daughter's. Her daughters would not stay seated. She'd put them in a chair, walk away. They'd get out of the chair and run around the restaurant. They also noticed that her daughters kept interrupting her while she was talking. So she's over there talking to a lady, and a little girl goes, Mommy, 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 Mommy. Now, what does that mean? I want to talk to you, and I don't really care what you're doing. I'm demanding you look at me and talk to me. I'm the child. I'm the boss. Shut up talking to this woman. Talk to me. Now, let me make a statement to you. Terrible twos should not last more than 120 seconds in a child's life. It is not the child who's terrible. It's the parent. You You can stop that quickly. So this lady, embarrassed out of her mind, left and one of the women looked at her kindly and said, I would highly recommend you work with your daughters before you return. She don't fit. She can get mad or she can go home. She went home, cleared the kitchen table, and she said, ladies, it is time we begin your education. 
before we ever go back to a tea party, you will be trained. All right, listen to me. The scripture in the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from that. It is imperative that you and I as Christians train our kids and you train yourself on how to conduct yourself on this planet. That's love. You'd be surprised at how much trouble you stay out of if you just learn to mind. Is this okay? Now, I told you you wouldn't jump aisles and run pews today. This right here is a very important. When Jesus said, take off the old man and put on the new one, you and I need to pick this book up. And we need to go through and look at the areas that God is talking to you and going, boy, is that an old man. Wow, am I failing in that one right there. Take them off. And you start working on yourself. It, I'm going to tell you, it's going to take you a little while. As a matter of fact, you'll die before you arrive. Yes, <laughs> but if you'll just leave where you are and head that way, we would all appreciate it. <laughs> we are living in an insane world. Do not go insane with them. They will know us by our love. They will know us by our manners, by the way we conduct ourselves, by the way we carry ourselves. They will look and say, you're obviously a Christian. You are so mannerly. Now, let me brag on these boys. We had lunch with them. 95% of them were mannerly. We're not going to tell you parents the other 5%. We're not going to rat on them. No, they were all good boys. Don't you enjoy taking your kids out when they are mannerly? Don't you enjoy that? I do. People will stop associating with you if you act the fool. It is very true. You, you, this is... This is this is so important, God stuck it right in the middle of the love chapter. I got a lot that I could say, but birds of a feather, they really, really do flock together, guys. Is y'all okay? Okay, I have one more thing I want to do before I turn this over to Lisa. Everybody say, I enjoyed that. Have some manners. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to you guys about acts of kindness. Um, we got some cards for you, and I want you to do something today. Don't wait until people die to tell them what you think about them. And I'm talking good stuff now. <laughs> Remember, we just talked about manners. You know, there's people in your life right now that might need a card. Have I ever told you how much I appreciate what you have done for me? Have I ever told you what you mean to me? Have I ever told you thank you? for these acts of kindness. Have I ever? You know, a word in season is powerful. Loving people, caring about people. I can't tell you how many times I've been down. I've worked hard. I've worked, I mean, I'm looking at the church and I'm seeing all the problems. 
and I'll get a card. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.